Good morning. This is the meeting of the Finance Information Technology Audit Personnel Insurance Committee. Thursday, November 9th. And public comments. Anybody? No. Approved general manager expense requests. Questions on that? We have questions on that. Thank you. Okay. Consent. Okay. Bill's paid report. Questions there? I only have questions on what the AN prefix was and the AR prefix, um, which clarified. And then a question on the um, petty cash. And I. I understand if, if you want to just explain it real quick for everyone's benefit um well i'll start with the an prefixes that appear on the bills paid list um they stand for active net we thought it would be wise to separate all of the refunds related to active net um a little background active net was the previous park and rec registration software um, we have transitioned to civic rec as of early october um, in ActiveNet, there were quite a few stale credits that were sitting on customer accounts from activities that they had canceled or rescheduled that left some type of credit on their account. Going back for quite a ways, uh, we found that it would be a good opportunity uh, while transitioning to Civic Rec to go ahead and clean those up. Instead of carrying them forward into the new system, we decided that we would reach out to customers. So. Uh, Recreation Department has been doing a fantastic job of reaching out to these customers that do have credit balances, verifying that it is a legitimate credit and that they do want a refund, getting a mailing address for them, and we've been sending them checks. Um, so those are all of the AN prefix vendors. AR um, are coming from the accounts receivable module. Um, they're generally, well, there's a variety of reasons that we would be refunding customer out of the accounts receivable module. The ones that appear in this um, payment run for October are primarily related to fire hydrant um, meter deposit refunds where contractors have been using water from hydrants uh, throughout the course of the summer for projects and are returning the meter and therefore receiving the deposit back. Um, petty cash, you're right, we generally try to stray away from um, Using petty cash, we do have a pretty robust credit card program at this point. Um, however, there are still some occasions where petty cash is necessary, uh, primarily over at the golf course where people will come and present used golf balls uh, to the golf course manager. He will buy them for cash and resell them or use them at the range. Thank you. Yes, of course. Okay, good. <clears throat> So, any other questions on that? That was good for consent. Good for consent. All right. Andrew, thanks for the explanation. Of course, yes. Uh, employee reimbursement report. Um, no questions. Okay. I'm good for consent. Uh, can you refresh me on, uh, on the, what we do for, I guess it's uh, future reimbursements. Well, I'm, I'm saying it wrong, but um, we need to fund somebody some money for a class or travel. For per diem, is that a question? Yeah. Yes, it's generally per diem, so we will receive a check request um, in advance of the event. 
and ensure that the per diem rates are correct, write a check so that individual is not out of pocket anything during their training. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of up to them, though, John. I mean, so they have the option that of pre-submitting that request, and we'll always do it. Some people prefer not to; they just wait until after. So it's kind of up to the employee. But yeah. we, but if they request it ahead of time, we're happy to. Correct. We don't yeah. we don't drive that process yeah. in accounting, but we happily honor uh, those requests if necessary. Okay. So so we don't have to make somebody front the money there. Yeah, which is good. Exactly. Okay. Correct. And then you don't have to have your receipt either. You just have that, which is nice, which is available to you if you ever want that. We can certainly help you process that. Because when you're not keeping your food receipts and things, you just get the flat rate. Okay. That's how we do all of them. So we do, then we made that change some years ago, but we just go by the GSA per diem rates for the zip code of the, of the area that you're being attending a conference or staying in. So there is no receipt verification. Yeah, I'm fine with whatever the words are. I just want to make sure that our employees aren't having to front the money and they, uh, if, you know, if there's, like I said, cash flow yep. issues. Yep. Yep. Everybody's different. So perfect. Thanks. Okay, uh, good with that? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, uh, execute the engagement letters for the audit, and uh, we have somebody on the queue for us. Yes, thank you, Director Payne. With us this morning, we have Erica Pastor uh, with MUN CPAs, and the memo in front of you is a request to authorize the Chief Financial Officer to sign and engage with MUN for the 2023 audit. Um, if you'll recall, in 2022, we signed a three-year agreement. Um, so the board authorized a three-year agreement with MUN for 2022, 2023, 2024, with an option for 25 and 26. Um, the cost for audit is not to exceed $29,580 for 2023, which is a slight increase over 2022, excuse me, 2% increase. So pretty regular business here. I realize we're not even through with budget and we're already um, talking about audit, um, but we are wanting to stay out in front of it. Um, again, Erica Pastor with Mon CPAs may have a word or two to say about the engagement letters themselves. Erica, if you have anything to add, appreciate it this morning. Sure, no, good morning, everybody. Um, I just want to say, you know, everything's kind of normal as business, as, as Andrew mentioned, um, and Ramona and him are always on top of everything. And that's what I really appreciate about, about the district um, and the amount of oversight and management that takes place. Um, this year, the only thing to maybe be aware of in terms of what's going to change accounting wise is there's a new accounting pronouncement. It is GASB 96 SUBITAS, and that stands for Subscription Based Information Technology arrangements. Uh, it's, a, it's a long word. Um, essentially, last year, um, just as the district put any operating leases on the books as assets and liabilities, um, GASB is now requiring the district to take any subscription-based agreement, so like a software agreement, a contract that meets certain definition, to put those on the books as assets, um, implying that the district has the right of use to use that asset, to use that software subscription, and then um, as the district has a liability for that contract, it's also putting that result, that uh, related liability on the books. So that's the only change you're gonna see this year. And again, Ramona and Andrew are already on top of it. They're using the same software that was used for the lease implementation um, to implement this new GASB pronouncement. So that's the only thing you'll probably see different this year. Um, we still need to get together to finalize our audit dates. 
Um, but I would imagine they're going to be very similar um, as they were in prior years where we do some interim testing um, end of January, beginning of February. We tend to do our year-end field work around end of March and then present the board with the final in June. So I would imagine that's going to be the same. But other than that, um, again, business as usual, and we look forward to starting another audit already. Erica, I have a question on yes. the new GASME 96. Is that something that has to be done every month or can it be just done annually? Oh, it will be annually. It will be annually on the books, part of the financial close process. Much like we do with the leases that we implemented last year, it's an annual adjustment that we'll bring back. Sure. It will be the same process. Andrew has been working with Debt Book, and, and we started this six months ago. We started the process six months ago, chewing up because our software maintenance list is like this long. Of course, a lot of them are falling off the list, but Andrew's leading them. We feel very confident we'll be in time for Eric and the team to be here. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Thanks, Erica. Consent? Um, yeah, consent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Approve execution of 2023-2024 South City commercial properties, no storage agreement. So that'll be me. Hello, good morning. Uh, you have seen this item before, so this is an annual item that we brought back um, to the board. Um, really following a robust discussion in 2019 about the board's desire to continue to offer this um, until such time as uh, we use the facility or, or another circumstance arises. So at that time, we also did a financial analysis, and that's when the fee increased to 4,500. It hasn't changed at this time, and so we're um, we're just recommending that the board authorize the general manager to execute those agreements should they come forward in this season, or winter season. On a year like last year, did it actually cover all of our expenses? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. There's not a lot of expense to yeah. us. Yeah. It's less, I would say it's less about the expense. The the increase in the in the fees was more, I mean, certainly before there, you know, just it, the previous fee didn't cover even drafting right. agreements or kind of monitoring. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really, it's, it's less of a cost issue and more of a impact facility impact issue right. yeah. I mean, expenses as far as damage to landscaping damage to yeah so that's covered separately so if there is damage right. that is in the agreement covered separately okay. so this is the cost for us to minister right. and um for primarily k who works with those contractors for log books and log calls and things like that and that um and then as the snow melts the um i believe it's the parks crew that would um get the garbage, you know, kind of clean it up as it's melting. So uh, Kate believes, and like Matt said, that this fee is covering that. Elliot, okay. okay. I mean, you've been part of some of these discussions over the past few years. This has been a long-standing um, issue that I would say that our board has hoped and wished that uh, another agency who might be more appropriate would take the lead in this. 
there have been efforts by other agencies, including Placer County, um, over the years that just haven't led to anything. Um, so I would say that you know we're we're recommending one more year. Um, and one thing I do want to be really clear about is the structure of this agreement. Make sure that you guys understand this. There's been some miscommunication out in the community about how this is structured with uh, between the contractors who use this and their their customers. For your information, this fee is only charged once to the contractor. It is not a fee that we charge individually to property owners. Um, so I just want to make sure that you understand that's correct. That is the fee that the contractor would charge. And in the past, that has been misrepresented that that fee is for each commercial customer. Uh, and I just want to be very clear that is incorrect. Uh, the other part of this is that there, that snow, uh, that there's a boundary uh, that the snow can only be hauled from a particular boundary. Essentially, it's kind of a commercial, commercial core of Tufsi. Yeah. And that snow from outside of that is not allowed to be uh, brought here. It's a little difficult for us to know whether that's the case, but um, we make it clear that that's the, that's the responsibility of the, of the contractor. Thank you. So say somebody from Sunnyside wants to haul their snow up here, <clears throat> they can't use it. That's correct. They they goes down. Down. I can't remember what the West Shore is. down to um, like Grand Lake Ogden. Like the, Tahoe House? Yeah, maybe, maybe Tahoe House. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, there's a boundary. It is yeah. for commercial. Yeah. It, the history of that was, right, I mean, this is a replacement series, right. in a series of replacements for past practice, which was push the snow over the hill from downtown in on top of Cobb Beach. When we, we reinvested and led the, the effort to get grant funding and rebuild Commons Beach, um, we notified them that that was not correct. I, mean, was, I don't think it ever was correct for TRPA, but no one was looking at it. Um, and that created a bit of a stir. Uh, the Tussie PD stepped up and offered the, the parcel across the street, which before the fire station was constructed, as a snow storage opportunity to replace the snow storage from that commercial core downtown that used to be pushed over the hill. Um, then when we entered into the agreement to allow the fire district to build their new station, we moved it over here. And that's, we continued, we have continued, the board has continued to offer in a solution, um, but we are under no obligation to do that. Okay, you good with that? I'm good with that. And we're recommending it go on consent. Yeah. Yeah, there's a consent. Department reports. Thank you. I think I'm going to turn it over to Kim and Brent have something to add to the reports today. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to point out the cash that we brought up two months ago, um, the water fund specifically. We still haven't received the three million. Uh, I've seen it's been approved, so it's literally just then cutting a check to us. So once we receive that three million, cash position will be pretty solid for water, and then we're going to submit another one point five potentially today uh, for additional expenses, and then a lot of another one right before the end of the year to kind of close out the year and 
strong position. We need to monitor that very closely. So just want to point that out. For, it was a little concerning. Uh, and then the other item is the low income residential water assistance program. Just didn't make it into this packet. Uh, the additions we made for your comments last month um, are going to be in the board packet. <clears throat> that will come general business yeah. to the full board. Yeah. Are you hearing any uh, positives or negatives about that? I mean, we haven't done any real outreach. It's mostly been internal, checking with legal counsel, kind of drafting the final documents. Once the board gives us a thumbs up and approves it, then we'll start. So nothing's really changed from last week? No, nothing substantial. I mean, I think we, we've looked at adding a bit of criteria on top of the care program, primarily um, looking back at the water usage and ensuring that the customer has account has not exceeded tier one water use. So we kind of are operating the premise that if you're really that interested in saving money, uh, you should first start with trying to reduce your water consumption. And if you're not interested in doing that, you probably aren't uh, actually in need of that assistance. So it's kind of a cheap, so it'll be sort of that first tier will be, you have to show you're enrolled in, in the care, Liberty, Liberty's care program, meet, meet all of their qualifications. And then our check, so it reduces, kind of finds the balance between what you guys are talking about, where you know doing a little bit more to make sure that customers that are applying are really actually in need. We felt that the best way to do that was to look at consumption. So it reduces, it kind of finds the balance. It's not really administratively burdensome for us to do that. Um, Good idea. Question Um, if there are not unmetered. Um, great, then obviously that's your one. Correct. So, yeah. in that case, we'll have to, we won't have that ability at this point. Yeah. So, we'll have to take their order. Again, I think, go ahead. Oh, and I, I, yeah, thank you. And that's absolutely right. We'll take, if they're on, on the uh, program for Liberty, they're an unmetered rate, we'll honor that. And, and the uh, the amount that we're going to give them is set still to the three quarter base. So, it's the same, it's the same amount for all residential waters. It doesn't change. Necessarily, your meter size is based on three quarters. Okay. One more. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, let you guys know that you know as we're moving forward with the reconstruction of Tahoe Cedars and Mountain Creek, we're obviously looking to finance that, and so we will be bringing a um, consultant agreement to the board in and probably to the finance committee actually in December. Um, utilizing uh, funding strategists from HDR to help us work with our uh, probably the owner's agent, the design, progressive design build of those systems so that we can make sure that we're utilizing and maximizing and you know scheduling our funding assistance for those projects. So we'll be bringing back a, a, an agreement to have um, some help with that. Pretty complicated. We've done SRF loans before, but they've been much more straightforward. So it's, it's partly that you know, this is a complex, uh, the Top Cedars uh, funding request is a complex one because of kind of the duration. We talked about this a little bit with the sewer and water committee related to the progressive design build process and how, to, how we might phase uh, those projects. There are timing requirements on SRF. So 
Um, we need somebody to help us kind of navigate that, work with that progressive design build team to figure out, um, you know, what are the requirements of SRF so that we can then structure our phasing um, around meeting those requirements we have at one. The other piece is, we, I mentioned this in the last committee, is SRF availability of SRF funds is a little in question now. Um, and so we may need help looking at other sources of uh, low interest borrowing. Withia is one that we've heard a lot about. John, you've probably heard this at some of the aqua conferences. There are certain criteria. Withia can only fund 49% of a project, but it can be paired with a funding source like SRF. So, that, but so really what we're doing is looking for a consultant who has experience in doing some of these larger borrowing packages, working specifically with SRF and with the, uh, to help us navigate and um, you know, get us get us to a point where we can get, uh, get approved for this funding as quickly as possible. So it matches our time frame on project development. The other piece is we have multiple SRF uh, loans that we're gonna be going for. So it's not just Tile Cedars, we're gonna be probably looking to do the same thing with Madden Creek. In fact, that's, I think our first priority is Madden Creek, a little smaller borrowing, but so part of this contract is to help us navigate and manage multiple SRF applications. Um, SRF staff is limited, it appears. And so part of, Part of this will be having somebody uh, help us hound SRF staff to try to make sure our applications move as quickly as possible. I don't think they're, I don't think they're purposely stalling, but as we all know, the squeaky wheel gets grease, and um, they just seem to be short staff. Oh, we'll just be bringing the contract. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't think it's not going to be a huge contract. Uh, okay. Yeah. Plus, you got to figure out when do we first start getting the assessment? The not assessment, but the special. Well, we'll start. Yeah, I mean, yes. we'll, we will start billing uh, or start adding that to the customers' bills in January. Okay. But as we mentioned during the budget workshop, I would say late winter or early spring we'll target coming back to the board to have a conversation right. about a kind of a funding philosophy right. about how we how and if we use that right now that infrastructure improvement charge revenue right now how uh, and when we start using property tax it's a time it's really a timing issue yeah you've already given us kind of a, a philosophical um path to follow in terms of recognizing that we have general water rate revenue, we have property tax, and we have this infrastructure improvement charge. So now it's just gonna be more a matter of timing. Um, you know, when do we wanna use the infrastructure improvement charge um, funding? Do we wanna maybe start with using property tax to fund some of the pre, pre design work um, until we're incurring debt service, things like that? And then does it impact funding for park directly? Yeah. <clears throat> Correct. I mean, I think at this point, I can I feel comfortable saying it won't. The the types of uh, first the first types of investments or the magnitude of those investments that we'll be talking about this year are we have enough in in, in the general fund where it's not going to impact this year's capital or anything. So long long term, yes, those types of decisions will have impacts in the near term over the next year. Um, I don't think they will. 
So yeah, I think that conversation, like I say, probably early spring, we, we're going to be bringing back a conversation about reserves, setting reserves. And so we want to have some of those discussions and then, so we all, so you guys have a good understanding of kind of where we are in terms of our financial picture. And then we can make some decisions about, um, you know, how we're going to pay for, for some of those projects. And, and to add to that, I think that the, that first phase of the progressive design build project that, that is prob probably one of the main things we need to talk about how to fund, we don't anticipate probably needing to start until later in, later in 2024. So it's not urgent. Okay. Um, let's see. Good morning. Um, I would like to highlight that we posted several winter sports park uh, seasonal positions last month, also two seasonal park positions last month. We did post a recreation specialist position that we were found a good candidate for. So we'll be onboarding that individual next Friday to be up and running after the Thanksgiving holiday. So we are prepping for the winter uh, parks and rec season. <coughs> Uh, any other questions? No other questions. Any review and staff production? I have no follow-up. Anyone else? No. Thank no. you. Good no. right. Thank you for calling her out at uh, 955.